in the middle of our series on Robert De Niro and this series may go on forever. Yeah, we you know what? We uh we've decided to extend our scope a little bit to get a broader picture of the man, the legend. I mean, how can you confine Robert De Niro, the Bobby D to four or five episodes? It needs to be so many episodes. It does need to be so many episodes. I mean, he, he made so many movies. He made so many movies and... Um, and each one is worthy of like deep analysis. It is. Yeah. We uh, we re- we doubled up. I think we doubled up and now we're... Slowing down. Singling out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we decided to go to one movie per episode because it's like his movies are so crazy it's hard to talk about two in one episode i know and i think about our very first episode on the topic where we we talked about three movies and i don't even know we could have done a whole hour on taxi driver we could have done a whole hour on the king of comedy we might do four or five years on the joker (laughs) (laughs) i mean we all collectively i think are gonna do the culture (laughs) well at least one week We'll be watching The Irishman during this project. This is just like, we are getting into this man. Yeah, we're sinking in a little bit deeper than we initially planned on. Because the thing about being an expert is you can't become an expert on a set time frame. No, this is a self-guided course through the career of Robert De Niro. Yeah, and we're bouncing around. We're drawing connections. We are... We're just trying to figure it out. Like, why is Robert De Niro interesting? Why is he interesting to us? We don't know. (laughs) (laughs) We we have a pretty good idea. But, you know, there's people who say that De Niro is only good in Scorsese movies or Jackie Brown. Have you Mm -hmm. heard this perspective? I haven't heard heard it but i can i'm not gonna say i agree with it but i'm gonna say i you see where it's coming from yeah i also see where it's coming from which is why i'm interested to i don't know maybe he will break free but i mean he was great in heat that's fucking right he was michael and he's great in cape fear well that's scorsese oh see and 1995, that is the year he did Heat and Casino. We talked about it last week. Yeah. And uh, we learned this week that that's also the year that he and his long-term girlfriend, Tukey Smith, had twin boys via surrogate. Oh, those twins were from surrogate too. So he's had yeah. he's had a couple of different surrogate children. Yes, he has uh, had a couple surrogate children. We were uh, we decided to look into his family life because this week we're talking about Dirty Grandpa. 
And Dirty Grandpa's all about family. <laughs> it is all about family. Yeah. And I feel like um, when people mention Dirty Grandpa or they mention like the weird commercials De Niro chooses to do, it's always like, oh, well, he's got so many kids he has to support. What? I was here. That's like the that the jokes that they were making about him on the Alec Baldwin roast, which uh, I regret <laughs> to inform you that I did watch. For research or just for pleasure? Well, it was a little column A, a little column B. Because right, we didn't discuss watching it or anything. No, no, no. I just dug in. Okay. Uh, Chris Red was great. He went out. He he was really great. Okay. Um. But anyway, I feel like a lot of the jokes uh, that were made at Robert De Niro's expense is either about him being in long term relationships with women of color, or okay. that he chooses uh, shitty movies because he has uh, so many family members to support. How many family members does he have to support? Well, that's what uh, I looked it up. He had. He has six children and four grandchildren. It seems kind of normal to me. Also, I what? Okay, nobody supports their grandchildren. No. And if your kids are having kids, then you're not probably supporting them either. I mean, he's not supporting all of his kids. So he had his first son, Raphael, was born in 1976. Okay, so he's not supporting Raphael. Raphael is 43 years old. Yeah, and he's like a hotshot real estate broker now. Are you impressed with how fast I did that math? I am really impressed. Thank you. <laughs> I was like, whoa, is this where the bar's at? Uh, no, it's not. I just it is. that. No, it is. <laughs> and then he also, so this is from his first wife, Diane Abbott, who's an actress, and she was in Taxi yeah. Driver. And she was in uh, King of Comedy, right? She was also in King of Comedy, yeah. yeah. Um, he, uh, she had a daughter from a previous relationship named Drina and he adopted her. That's sweet. Yeah. And then in 1988, he, uh, he got involved with Tukey Smith. They had twins by born, surrogate, by surrogate born in 1995. And then he divorced her and hooked up with Grace Hightower. And she, yeah. And the, the Grace Hightower story is so exciting. You for love us. her. Yeah. I love yeah, Grace Hightower. I love her too. Yeah. Uh, all these women are, are pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, but they, they had a son named Elliot in 1998. Okay. And then they split up in 99. Oh, didn't wow. divorce. Yeah. Uh, renewed their vows in 2004. And in 2011, when she was 57 years old, Stop. Grace Queen, she uh they had a baby via surrogate so today that's tough grace hightower is 65 years old they have a eight-year-old child because i'm 34 years old and i was just the other day thinking like i think i'm too old to have kids because the my thought of body running around after them is exhausting oh my god i know wiping butts and stuff i'm too old i can't do it anymore maybe when i was 30 i could i don't think i could do it now i feel like i burned a lot of that energy off um babysitting i know it's nannying. I, I know i got it out of my system i saw what it, i saw that life yeah i've cleaned up blowouts i've done it all i've like helped Blood, the child shit, walk. vomit tears burns cuts scrapes <laughs> i've raised so many children <laughs> i don't have any I don't have any more to give. Are you ever haunted by any moments from your tenure as a nanny? What do you mean haunted? I'll give you an example. There was a time that I took a, a, a child that I was watching who I adored. Okay. I I always loved the kids. Sure. We have so much fun. There's and so like fun. two or three years old, like Best what a age. dream. So Best cute. age. They're so funny. They're so funny. So we went to the park and they had one of these like um, 
rotating uh like one of those like dizzy like like toys that makes you dizzy you know like you get on it and you can like spin around really fast and go crazy like from 400 blows i uh i don't i don't remember the thing that he spins around in i guess i guess so a carousel kind of like a carousel but like more streamlined it's just basically like it's smaller it's called a carousel yeah, it's like a stick in the ground with like a little platform a, yeah. to put your feet on and you hold on tight and then you can like use your momentum to like make yourself dizzy. Yes. And spin around. So she was so small and she got on the thing and I started like spinning it around and she was like, yes, yes. She was like laughing and I like spun it like really. F- and then the other moms, I'm say other moms, like I was a mom. I get it. The moms at the park, they were like, stop, stop. And I, I stopped it and she got off the thing and she walked and she was so dizzy and she was like walking sideways <laughs> and it made me laugh. And they were like, you're disgusting. You're kidding me. No, it was like I had tried. And then I like picked her up and I like took her home and I was like, oh my God, did I like rattle her little brain up? This poor baby. That's what the fucking toy is for. That's right. Anyway. Stupid bitches. I know. They really made me feel very bad. <laughs> They were just jealous because you were prettier than them and younger and they could tell you weren't really her mom and they were like, <laughs> she has a life outside of this. I know that's what it was there. It's trust me. You didn't do anything wrong. There was a mom I used to babysit for who would pay me. Th- she would come home when the kids like as soon as they went down for a nap and she would come come home and like eat lunch in the quiet and she would have me sit with her she was like i'll pay you to just sit with me i've had that experience myself and she's like tell me about your improv shows tell me about your friends what are you doing and i had found that day this is like a different this is a different family than the girl i got dizzy and like screwed up her brain um this family she had uh ashtray on the porch oh my god so I just like, um, and her husband worked in like Minneapolis four days a week. So he would leave on like Monday mornings and come back on like Thursday nights. And she was home with a two-year-old and an infant. Drive anybody insane. The moms in Chicago are living different lives than the moms here. Oh, it's the not moms a, in no, Chicago are no in comparison. hell. True hell. I That woman, that's, these are the things that haunt me. I'm haunted by making that little girl dizzy. She's fine. And I'm, I'm haunted by that mom. Can I tell you something else that she did? Of course. I feel like there was something going on with her. She, her daughter, the two-year-old didn't want me to change her diaper. She was like very, and I kind of had a policy. Like if the parents weren't going to be gone that long, it's like if they're coming back in a half hour and the kid is screaming in my face that much, I'm, I'm not going to push it. So do you know what I mean? Like the kid is like, do not change my diaper. I want my mom to. And I'm going to, and the parents are going to be home in 30 minutes. Yeah. I'm like, fine. Then, sure. Then we'll, I'm not, it's not worth it to me to like traumatize. Like you, you have to, you know what I mean? Yeah. I think I would have been like, stop it. I'm changing your diaper. You're not going to sit in that diaper. That would have been me, but that's my Well, th- I think that that's me now, but, uh, especially after this, <laughs> This thing that happened because she would like there is she was she was like weird about it. And I was like, I'm like, okay, I'm not going to we've already like had a rough road here today. Sure. I'm going to let you win this one. Yeah. Fine. Mm -hmm. I I don't have to deal with your poop. Yeah. So the mom comes home and she was like 
she changes her diaper and she was like, you have to let Irene change your diaper. You have to let Irene. Do you want poop? Do you want a dirty vagina? Do you want poop in your vagina? I mean, she's the mom's not wrong. You're going to have a dirty vagina. And I was like, don't say that. It will be dirty. I know. But like, could you imagine your first memory is your mom looming over your face saying you have a dirty vagina? She's saying you have to trust women. (laughs) Otherwise, you'll get poop in your vagina. And that's true. <laughs> no, she needed to get over that. I'm like, she definitely needed to get I'm over I'm like militant. I'm like, I don't care if you don't want this. This is what's happening. I'm an adult and I'm telling you what to do. Like, I don't care that you want me to change your diaper. I don't care that you don't want to go to the bathroom before we leave. I don't care that you don't want to wear a jacket. I don't care that you think you're not hungry. I don't care that you like, I don't care about any of it. Do what I say. <laughs> I'm but I've been doing it for I still do it sometimes and I've been doing it for like 10 years so yeah it's been it's I it's been a while uh since I've done it but when I'm around my niece and nephew I do have that feel it's just like I'm bigger than you and you don't get a say I'm totally different around (laughs) like my friends kids or like my cousins kids or whatever but I do sort of have a thing of like wow everybody is like so sensitive about their kids and i just don't think like if i had a kid right now i think i would be like okay see ya like are you okay fine whatever like don't hit your head on anything and just like eat your applesauce (laughs) (laughs) and like sit quietly and and, like read through this book and you need to learn to read right now so that you'll be quiet (laughs) like (laughs) occupy yourself no ipad time i can't afford it dude what do you think I am made out of money? Sorry. <laughs> Here's a stick. You get a library card. I feel like I want to meet your kids. You, BB. BB. Hi, BB. Yeah, BB is the most <laughs> spoiled dog in the world, though. So I don't really practice what I preach. Well, kids. You guys be mean to your kids. Once I accidentally hit a kid's head in a monkey bar, I was like picking him up to reach for the monkey bar and he was little and I picked him up too high and he bumped his head and I was like, oh my God. And I pulled him down and I was like, are you okay? I'm so sorry. And he was like, it's okay. You didn't mean to do it. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) He was an amazing child. Like he, those kids were so well behaved. Once he was, when he was two years old, his mom was in the other room on the phone and he was getting fussy for his mom and I was about to leave and I was just like with him and we could see his mom in the other room but that she was on the phone and she was busy and two years old he's like mommy and he looks and he sees her on the phone and then he goes oh she's busy right now I'll talk to her later (laughs) (laughs) I was like that is there are grown men who don't have that kind of respect for woman's time. I was so amazed by this little boy. That's beautiful. That's because he had two older sisters. That's right. That's and they were like, I'm too busy for you right now. Yes. They did not give a shit about him. They were, they liked him, but they were, they loved him, but they didn't like him. <laughs> I think <laughs> is what it was. Uh, they're so funny. Oh my God. They're so funny. I, I can't imagine. I've just been like trying to imagine Robert De Niro in his advancing age with a child under 10, like right in this minute. Like, what are they doing? Does he check his homework? 
I mean, he's probably a really good and sensitive father because oh, I'm sure he's, he's great. But it, the way I imagine him is just being so like aloof. <laughs> but he's probably not. Have you heard that recording of him yelling at his assistant? No, I haven't. Somebody was telling me about it yesterday. I listened to it. It's not that controversial. Oh, well, it's controversial, but I don't think it's that bad to me. So, you know, the story is like, it's a very tabloidy story. He had some assistant who apparently didn't do any work. And she was watching Netflix all day, right? She was watching Netflix all day. And she was like living in London or something or Italy or somewhere. And he wanted her to clean his house. He wanted all kinds of things. She sued him. He, he, they're suing each other. It just it ended really badly. And she released a, an audio file of him leaving her a voicemail where he's like, he wanted he's in LA and she was in New York and he didn't get something that he wanted. What that thing is, unclear. But he keeps on telling her she's a For spoiled me. brat. He's <laughs> calling her a spoiled brat. <laughs> Which is like so cute. It's like he stops short of really calling her like names, names. It's like the way he's talking like I wouldn't like it if my boss called me a spoiled brat, of course. No. But he's not like you're fired, you bitch, or something. He's not like Alec Baldwin. Like he's like a little pig. pig. Yeah. He's like talking to her like an like a really angry like father or like big brother. Well, which I is, mean, he's like over fifty years older than her. I'm sure. Yeah. Right. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like women like that when you find out like someone's been like an assistant for someone like Robert De Niro. It turns out they're always like way older than you think, and they've been oh, doing right. it for like twenty years. You know those those yes, people. Yes, of course. Yeah. But I'm not totally sure what her story is. She's still she's she's young. It's such an intimate job. It's too intimate. It's too intimate. It is the worst. It's. Well, for for it's in, it's intense. It is intense. There are way worse jobs than that in the world. Yes, for sure. I was an assistant. Yeah, and I had a overwhelmingly positive experience. You did. Yeah, I had I, a great experience. I've always had good experiences too. Like I was an assistant, like in an office to like a person, and I also was a like nanny slash assistant to a family, and it was fine. But it definitely got like it just gets very um intimate like you're saying yeah and it's just so you're like a member of their family but you're not and you have to figure out what those boundaries mean and stick up for yourself in ways that are not always easy right and if you if there's like no goals like if it's if it's like just an assistant thing and not like a mentor relationship, like I just can't imagine suing or like releasing audio tape or, I mean, it must've been so bad. I mean that you would even keep that. That you would even make it to begin with. Yeah. Yeah. It's totally insane. I mean, it must've just been a really shitty relationship. Yeah. Well, it's not easy. It's not easy working but for no, Denise. But she ended up having like a lot of responsibilities in his production company, I think, actually. She wasn't just his assistant. She oh, ended really? up heading up like like doing like a like because he's got a whatever his production company is, I'm sure it's like big Dirty and Grandpa Incorporated. Inc. <laughs> <laughs> but she was like heading up some like financial department in his production company. Oh wow. Well, 
guess it didn't turn out the way she wanted it to. No, it didn't. Um, all right. So should we talk about this movie? Yes. Okay. De Niro's company files $6 million suit against ex-employee. She was promoted to vice president of production and finance and her starting salary was $300,000 a year. Could you even imagine? I don't know. I have no idea what a good salary for that kind of job would be. I mean, that she's not in a sit. If you're the vice president of production and finance. Yeah, but I'm sure that she I wouldn't doubt that she was like overpaid to be his assistant. You know, That's I don't know how you I don't know how you when you work for people like that, you get paid a lot of money, but you do a lot of work as an assistant, like assistants get paid a lot sometimes or what seems like a lot for like an hourly rate, but they are working so much and sometimes they get paid jack shit it's true and do the same amount of work it's totally i have no idea how yeah it's like it. it's a crapshoot it's just like whoever you're working for you hear these crazy stories about like like you know somebody makes a hundred thousand dollars a year but they have to make their body be the same size as the person that they're working for yes or like what you know what i don't know whatever people are That's, insane so this assistant of his, uh, while she was working for the company, they say that in a four-day period, she watched 55, five, I'm sorry, <clears throat> in, uh, during a four-day period, she watched 55 episodes of Friends. How do they know that? Well, I'm sure they could just check. And then she watched 20 episodes of Arrested Development, 10 episodes of Schitt's Creek. But that sounds like work to me. Made... I don't know. It seems like way, like spending time. Things must have gone so south, you know, that they're like, well, what were you even doing? Maybe, maybe it was like, like a company computer. computer. It's like, we'll give you a computer. We'll give you a car. We'll give you whatever. She made almost $9,000 in charges at Dean and DeLuca and spent $32,000 on Ubers and taxis. So, yeah, but and I also don't think they were going to sue her. I think that she was suing him and they they like sued her before she could file. And now she's counter. They're like counter suing each other. Yes. She's suing for like wrongful termination or whatever. And they're like, you didn't even do your job. Look at all the friends you watched. And why would you watch friends? Very dystopian. People love friends now. I do not get it. I never liked it. I think there's a real comfort to it. It's like familiar yeah i mean i guess that must be it i just i never thought it was funny i didn't think it was funny then and i don't think it's funny now uh my sister and her boyfriend were watching they went through the whole series and i was at their house watching the uh, and they were watching the episode where ross is marrying that other girl and he says rachel's name yeah that's the famous episode yeah and i was like oh that's funny yeah <laughs> <laughs> there were a couple parts where i was like that's funny yeah Okay, Dirty Grandpa. Okay, yeah. Let's talk about something that's not funny. <laughs> yes, let's talk. <laughs> no, it is actually funny. I laughed out loud at Dirty Grandpa several times. Yes, I was shocked. I was like, it, I was like shocked giggling. I was like laughing like when you're a little kid and like when I was a little girl, sometimes to embarrass me, my dad would sing in public to make me like freak out. Oh and my gosh, that's such a funny dad thing to I do. I know, but that was what it felt like watching this movie. Like when I would laugh, it would be like, just stop, stop this. 
that was what it felt like just go just drive away just drive just drive just go. that's how it definitely feels watching this movie 2016 yeah so pretty recent very recent um it is uh by uh directed by dan mazur who is who he is an Oscar-nominated writer. He worked with um, Sasha Baron Cohen a lot. And oh, yeah. He worked on uh, Borat. Yeah, yeah. He was nominated for screenplay uh, on Borat alongside Todd Phillips. My other favorite director. Borat is, like, so good. It's really good. I I just rewatched it for the first time in since maybe it came out, like, a f- couple weeks ago. And yeah. I was like, this is hilarious it's yeah and i mean it's such a cohesive thought yeah but that's like that's well made sasha baron cohen i mean he's like got such a clear vision and Mm -hmm. he's so specific about what he is trying to expose about like america or bigotry or you know like he's working on with such big ideas that all it's all balanced out like you could have like naked wrestling and well he's writing it so like all of the set pieces and gags or whatever are like from those are like his that's his invention like directing it is or whatever else happened is like an addition to that yeah so dan mazur was part of the team that wrote borat because there was like a big ass team so in 2006, he also wrote, or 2016, when Dirty Grandpa came out, he also wrote Bridget Jones's Baby and Office Christmas Party. What is Office Christmas Party? It's with like Jennifer Aniston and Jason Sudeikis and it's like a... Oh, is that like part of the Bad Bosses franchise? Horrible Bosses? Yeah. I feel like it's like an unofficial... But isn't Jennifer Aniston in that too? Yes. And that other guy that you just said? Yes. They're both in that too? They're both... Uh, yeah, I think so. Office Christmas Party. An unofficial sequel? I guess. To be frank, I didn't see either. No. Nor, nor did I. But... There's a lot of like bad people movies coming out around this time. There were like bad moms, bad bosses, bad grandpas, bad Santa. There was a bad Santa. There was a bad grandpa and a dirty grandpa. Bad grandpa is Johnny Knoxville. Yes. Bad grandpa and a dirty grandpa. I'm just saying two names of two different movies. What do you think about Jackass being in like MoMA? I think it's brilliant. I love Jackass. I think Johnny Knoxville is like. The new Buster Keaton. I think he's wow, like a different. That's so cool. Yeah. Well, he's. I think he's like. Ama- I love Johnny Knoxville. Is it like um, th- like wow, Buster Keaton? Like it's it is like so pushing Bus- the boundaries of like f- like physical comedy. It, yeah, Buster Keaton did all of his own stunts, and like mm-hmm. he essentially was like a Johnny Knoxville type of person who was creating these sort of like narratives around his stunts that he wanted to do. He was, he like lost fingers. He was like really, you know, that famous, that famous scene shot where like the house falls down the barn and he's standing in the window. Yes. That was all real. Like they just really did that. Like he got all of his stunts are real. He was insane. Um, there's a, you know, the um, filmmaker, uh, Steve McQueen. Yes. He uh, started off as a video artist and he did. Um, there was a show at the like the Art Institute in Chicago where they showed a ton of his video art. And one of his pieces was recreating that scene 
where he stands in the window and the door falls down or the the, 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 the whole front like of the, the barn front of it falls down and he's standing and like he's standing in the window yes yes it was it's, just like a meditation on that and like showing it from different a- angles and it's cool. yeah i mean it's very cool and it's um not the kind of thing that happens anymore except for in jackass those are the only people who are putting it all out there for their art and comedy and i feel like there's a real like gladiator aspect to what they are doing yeah that's i mean i guess that's the part of it that i'm like less interested in except for sexually (laughs) (laughs) i think about like matthew barney too and how he like so much of his art is based on him as an athlete and like what his body is physically able to like perform yeah i don't know who that is he was with bjork for a really long time they they were like together i think they had like a child together and then they did um he worked on some of her art and she collaborated on some of his and he did a thing called drawing restraint. He did this piece where he goes in through, um, was it the Guggenheim? That's like a circle where he like climbs level by level and it's, uh, like he climbed up the, yeah, the the, spiral thing. Yes. Um, And it's, uh, coordinated with like the steps for becoming like a Freemason. There's like on every level, there's something, there's something symbolic about that. But like, I, mean, I it's like way mo- more esoteric than like Johnny Knox. Yeah, yeah. But I think that they're like, I do think that they come from a similar place. And I think that one is really accessible. And I think that one is like extremely, um, yeah, like esoteric, highbrow, uh, harder to access. I think like the comparison between them is really interesting. And at the end of the day, they're both in the MoMA. So is it that, is it even that different? Is Johnny Knoxville that different from Matthew Barney? A question for the table. Question for MoMA, not a question for me. Yeah. Sound, sound off in the comments, guys. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I, are you a, are you a jackass fan? I, uh, I, I like it in terms of a conversation like this or like, I like to, I like to think about it, but some of it, I, I really have a hard time. Like it makes me feel physically ill. Like when they do things like we're eating all these eggs eggs and then we're going to throw, it's like, I hate that. I hate when they're like hitting their nuts with pool cues or like this, it's just so extreme. And it's like, it, it just makes me itchy. Yeah. I also, I agree with you. I think some of it is like pretty hard to watch. Um, and I also, yeah, definitely cringe at a lot of it. And also I saw Johnny Knoxville's new movie and it was absolutely horrible. Bad Grandpa? Johnny Knoxville's new movie was, a, it was a very Bad Grandpa feeling movie. <laughs> what was it called? It was called something like Bad Johnny Knoxville. I don't know. It, he plays an uncle who, oh, fuck. It was called whatever. It's, he owns like a theme park that has no rules in the seventies and all the kids like to go and drink cans of beer and ride these unsafe rides and do stunts on them basically, which is like (laughs) a fun setup for it to be like this crazy place. Yeah. Where Johnny Knoxville does a ton of his signature antics antics, but instead it was just this kind of poorly written, like kind of shocking comedy that had very little of that stuff in it. Yeah. Wow. Um, I'll check it out. I think he's so attractive. 
I think they're all attractive. I think even what's his name? Especially Steve O. Oh no. Oh, I love Steve O. Oh, no. Another clown I want to fuck. He went to fucking Ringling Brothers College. <laughs> you can't stop me with the clowns. I love them. <laughs> Another clown I want to fuck. It's like add him to the list because it's the Joker. It's it from it. You want to fuck it? Yes. I saw a guy playing the clown of it. He was definitely gay. Was He's he outside on... the Vista. No, but he was in a dinner theater. <laughs> I saw and then Steve-O wow and then add to the list any man in like full like restoration makeup I think that's where my clown thing comes from restoration makeup like like, white face pink blush wig that guy in the favorite must have really got you going the favorite drove me insane (laughs) twice in the theater that's why you're so obsessed with the marquee yes that is why I'm so obsessed with the marquee because I like to think about what he looked like when he was writing that shit just like all that iron based or what that the lead based um clogging his pores with poison <laughs> but he's like gonna die from like some other weird malady before th- that even gets to him before it soaks in yeah wow well mm-hmm. that's that is one place where you and i differ i guess oh yeah i mean this is something that's i'm like uniquely. give me johnny knoxville in a suit give me johnny knoxville on the daily show yeah, and I'm like, give them to me covered in shit, wearing face paint, and I'm like, now we're talking. No, if I walked down the street and that was happening in a in a yard, I would be like, mm. no, I would I'd cross run, the street. I'd run from the yard <laughs> home to masturbate. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Well, so he did a movie called Bad Grandpa where he dressed in prosthetics as an old man and then did a bunch of his signature pranks. Yes. Which is different from Dirty Grandpa starring Robert, the classic actor Robert De Niro, which we watched on Tuesday night. Yeah, totally different. But although I did not see Bad Grandpa. But Me neither, I but I would watch it. Yeah, probably. What What did you think of Dirty Grandpa? <laughs> Good question, Irene. Thank you. Let's see. Well, you sent me a message the next morning saying that you thought about it and it made you nauseous. Yeah, it did. Because, okay, (laughs) there were some scenes where. (laughs) Okay, so it starts at a funeral for Robert De Niro's wife. Yes. And uh, we're introduced to the character of Zac Efron, who we can tell as a lawyer because he's in the middle of regaling his family members with some like courtroom triumph. Yeah, he's talking to his fiance, uh, Juliet Hugh, uh, right? Uh, uh, Julianne Huff. Well, Huff. there, there's a scene where he's like, ta- there's like a semicircle of guys, and he's like, and then the judge said, and I hit him with a statute of this versus this, and everyone was like, oh, that's I, like, I have zero problems with that kind of shit in a comedy. <laughs> what else are you supposed to do? You're writing a, co- oh my god, the guy's a lawyer. Just have him say some shit at the beginning. Let it go. I'm on board with it. I don't have problems with that at all. <laughs> <laughs> So the basic gist is that Robert De Niro's wife dies and he's like, my wife, my, my beloved wife, Zach, your grandmother has passed on and she was ill and I have not fucked in 15 years and I'm so horny and I've got a backlog of sperm I need to blast all over Daytona Beach. Will you help me? Yeah, which is like already kind of the worst part of the movie because I find that premise hard to believe. Like, if this grandpa is really so dirty, 
that as he would have been cheating on his wife while she was ill look i think that there are that would be a dirtier grandpa for sure for sure and also i think that there are a lot of ethical arguments that would say if you are robert de niro's age and you have a wife who's that infirmed and you haven't had sex as he said in 15 years that to i don't know use the services of a sex worker occasionally to blow off a little steam would be fine to like help you to be a better husband to your ailing wife who does yeah. not want to have sex anyway because she's too sick or to even even like not sex worker affair like whatever i feel like dan savage has sure i mean said things of this nature dan savage has had a lot of things but as sex worker i just think i'm just thinking in reality in reality okay how is this going to go down? Right. Because the Aubrey Plaza with an old man fetish doesn't really exist. Well, she may, but she's very hard to find. She's hard to find, but I think De Niro would be able to sniff her out. The way you said that made me nauseous. (laughs) (laughs) Um, He wouldn't have the time or the resources or like the understanding of the internet frankly but i feel like that was just part of his character that he was so catholic and such like a good man like he had to wait until his wife died to truly be the freak that he was which is annoying because it's like when you first see the move when you right after that so like the first like real like jaw hits the floor moment is zach efron comes to pick up robert de niro i'm skipping a little bit but that's fine yeah no it doesn't matter he comes to pick him up. I guess this is not a cohesive movie. I did not know what was going on. It's a series of just like unfortunate events. Yeah. I was also like so high, which is like how you're (laughs) supposed to be when you watch it. Cause like I was the kind of high where it's like when you see someone smoking weed on the, in the movie, you're like, fuck yeah. Ha ha. Like that's funny to you. Like I was like that. I was high. And then the movie made me, I like, yeah, that the, what you're about to describe was like, a like someone, Douse, yeah ice water like <laughs> through yes. your veins so yeah Zach okay, so go on please go on to pick him up and he, Zach Efron in a very restrained performance by the way Zach okay look Zach Efron you kept saying I appreciate him as an artist he's an artist <laughs> wait I'm telling you in 15 years in 15 years Zach Efron is gonna win an Oscar I would agree with you I think Pattinson's gonna beat him to it oh Pattinson's farther along on this trajectory yes but, but well, you know what? Things being as unjust as they are, maybe Efron would beat him to it. Oh, Efron's going to get it for the fucking Ted Bundy movie. If I have anything to say about it, which I don't. <laughs> um, but Zach Efron, he's like, he's slowly but surely working his way towards it. Um, so he walks in and he sees his bad grandpa and he's in his lazy boy recliner all the way back, masturbating to porn. Full fapping out. Fapping out. And... <laughs> I also think that that is just so irritating. Like, okay, watching porn is not cheating, but I kind of feel like that's the implication of that scene because bad grandpa, excuse me, dirty grandpa was so like devoted to his wife that he wouldn't even watch porn while she's dying and they're all old. But he (sighs) wanted to. You know, repression and this puritanical nation. Is this a movie about America? Maybe it is. Maybe it's about liberal. Oh my God, because that's the year. And then he voted for Trump. They Ugh. both voted for Trump. No. They w- Julianne Huff definitely votes for Trump. I'm not Trump, talking about Trump. the actor. Oh, the characters? You mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. Dirty Grandpa voted for Trump. and Oh, Dirty Grandpa is Bernie all the way. 
No, but he's not. Dirty Grandpa is Bernie or bust. He is today writing on Twitter like, if Bernie d- isn't our leader, if Joe Biden gets the nomination, I'm voting for Trump. Like, that is Dirty Grandpa. Sure. Well, maybe did Dirty Grandpa vote for Trump over Hillary? Dirty Grandpa did not vote for Hillary. Dirty Grandpa, I think, abstained. I think he was he was Bernie or bust. He wrote in Kasich. <laughs> <laughs> and Zac Efron. Trump. Yeah, I think so. The girlfriend Trump. The girlfriend Trump Aubrey and Plaza, Aubrey Plaza's Hillary, Hillary for sure. Zoe Deutsch Hillary. Hillary. Got it. You guys, so the if boomers you know, fucked us. That's who voted for him. So, and I think that maybe this movie was especially hard to take because of the year that it came. Thinking about it as a movie that came out during the the campaign feels especially like a slap in the face well everything from that year feels like a slap in the face that was true it was horrible the election was horrible the lead up to it was horrible it was a horrible night it was honestly i i mean aggie and i spent that night together it was if i wasn't with you i don't know what i would have done but it was up there as like one of the worst nights of my entire life and I think a lot of people feel that way. Yeah. And I wore a white shirt. And I remember it was so sad because once I got to your house, we already kind of knew where it was going. We knew. And I opened the door and you were like, you wrote, you wore a white shirt and like you started crying a little bit. I thought it maybe. Was exactly what happened. That's exactly how I remember. And then it. we hugged each other and then we just like smoked a million cigarettes. I was babysitting and I was at, um, and I remember what I'm sorry what that I'm like going down this road no I'm just thinking about like what dirty grandpa's conjuring up in us that's what made me laugh for a second (laughs) (laughs) but please continue you were babysitting I mean it is no I was babysitting and then I I started to like hear all of I was like it we're gonna I was like oh my god like I and she lost Wisconsin and I was like that's it and the one of the moms came home that I was babysitting for and I was like it's over I was like it's not she's not gonna win and she was like well we don't know that because the blah, blah blah but like I once was constant yeah I was you like, knew for it. sure and I was like okay and I was like this is really bad and she was like are you sure I was like yeah this is bad and then I went home and I like didn't want to come over I was so grateful that you were like just come over just come over and I just went over and it was really bad it was really bad but good to share it with you good but to I be did, i did enjoy the cigarettes we sat on the, a beautiful porch we smoked many cigarettes we drank we got so drunk and we were like how is this possible it, it blew my mind i know and now it makes perfect sense <laughs> which is even worse it is and it's like yeah the feeling fades uh and then you yeah the shock of every day you wake up and you're still in it um okay so 2016 rough year in general rough year for dirty grandpa was it a rough year for de niro because de niro voted for bernie in real life i'm sure do you think that he de niro voted for hillary i do yeah i think so too i think he i think he'll vote for biden i think that he's like a limousine liberal yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but he I, was at the awards and he's like, fuck Trump. Remember he did oh, yeah, that he whole thing? Trump. He says he loves to say fuck Trump. I think that he is. Uh, he loves to just like say fuck in public and just be a little like. I think it's like his devil. Shtick. The second time he said it, I was like, oh, that's stupid. Like the first time he said it, he got bleeped. 
And then he said it again on like CNN or something. And they were like, well, this is cable. So we actually aren't going to bleep that, but we still prefer it if you don't say it. <laughs> and it was so like tepid and embarrassing. Like I hated it. Do you think, okay, watching this movie. So this is a very shocking movie. There's a lot of gross out humor. There's a lot of wacky set pieces. There's a lot of gross stuff. The masturbating at the beginning. That's just the beginning. It's just the beginning. It's extremely graphic. It's truly shocking to see him going for it the way he's going for it. The sound effects. Um, the sound effects are disgusting. <laughs> disgusting. And it just kind of sets up like the road that we're going on and the journey that we're embarking on. So it's like buckle your seatbelts because Robert De Niro is going to show his dick in this movie. Were you surprised at how hard this movie went? Um, no, because I saw it, you know, this week and I'd heard so much about it. I wasn't really surprised. I was expecting it to go really hard and to be like a, like a dirty, like a super dirty sex comedy, which is what it was. Yeah. And I expected it to be in like especially poor taste because super dirty sex comedies have gotten increasingly disgusting and the limits of what people expect have we've just like gotten like number and number. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's certainly true. That is um, certainly true. And I, I feel like I, I, I will just say that like with the level of um, actors involved with the movie, like when you say like this movie is directed by an Oscar nominated screenwriter, it's, stars Robert De Niro there's Zac Efron Zoe Deutsch Dermot Mulroney like this is like it's like there's good people but that's the only thing that makes it shocking to me like that's what makes it shocking because all of these jokes in a regular like shitty comedy wouldn't be wouldn't mean anything to us yeah I think that well I'm just surprised at how I was surprised at how hard it went and is, which is like not an endorsement uh, at all, but it, it just continued to like up the ante and like what he said got worse and worse. It was just like, I mean, bad taste. It's just like, it was like an extra. I feel like that was like the, that was the reason for anyone doing it. Like, let's do something in the worst possible taste and see how far we can go with it. And just like heighten our bad taste until the end. And that's what they did. They didn't have like, they didn't have like necrophilia in it. They didn't have shit in it. Wait for the sequel. I don't think we can do a sequel. I'm surprised he didn't fuck his dead wife. Honestly, I mean, I feel like that would have. I don't. Maybe that's on the cutting room floor. We have to get the like DVD with all the special features if we want to see that. Friends like Grandpa, what are you doing? And he's like, I miss. He's like, I'm so embarrassed. What's happening right now? Yeah. So Aubrey Plaza plays a college student. She miraculously plays a college student in this film. Who is? Yeah. Two years later, she plays the mother of like a 12 year old in Chucky. Um, she's like very enthusiastic about De Niro and which I would be too, but only because of who he is IRL. Right. She's like just connected to his raw sexuality and she just wants to fuck him. She's like into old people. She like thinks old people are hot. 
I I think like this was part of the surprise was seeing somebody like her and Robert De Niro like freak dancing on each other the way they were saying the lines to each other that they were saying that's what makes it shock like yes I thought that was shocking too if it was like too if it was like some like dipshits from UCB or something like in a web series you'd you'd be be like like, okay uh, guys you have my attention yeah but because it's Robert De Niro you're like what the fuck am I watching yeah which is weird. The whole movie is like stunt casting. It's really weird. What do you think about him doing something like this? Like, do you think that he is senile? No. Do you think that he is having fun doing this? Yes. I think so, too. I, I think, think he's having the time of his life. I think he can do whatever the fuck he wants. And he's like, this is easy. This is stupid. There are a bunch of young people in this movie. Um, I'm going to get paid a shit ton of money. I don't care. I think this is funny because let's be honest, like what is his level? What is his taste in comedy? Like we haven't seen him do. He did analyze this. The king of comedy is like questionable if that's comedy. And this has he done a lot of other comedy besides this? I would. I mean, he's very funny in the king of comedy. Those those scenes of him like recording the tape and yelling at his mom. There's like there. There's such a um, level like that is it's such elevated comedy yeah, it like teeters over into drama but he's making he made a choice about a movie there like what other choices that movie is so sophisticated and it's yes comedy is so sophisticated yes the other comedies that he's done are and that movie is like a comedy but it's also a drama it's also a crime movie like that movie has like a, lo- a lot of genres there's, it can fit into yeah and there's a lot of levels and layers to it and not everybody sees it as a comedy i mean i mean it's in the title it is in the title but so but as far as i'm concerned it's a come comedy. on it's a comedy right. so he's as far as far as i can tell he's the king of it he's so the king of it so lol boom um, yeah <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> But, like, also, that's a movie where, like, you can tell that he's playing against it and he's playing it like a drama. The movies where he's playing a comedy for comedy's sake and he's playing it like a he's doing a comedic performance is totally different. Yeah, I would say, though, that some of those scenes in King of Comedy, he is definitely playing for comedy like the there and and Scorsese will, like, just let these long scenes happen and his timing is so good. His expressions are so funny. Like he's so fun. I mean, I I feel like he's good at comedy. The whole like he's a Fokker. He's a little Fokker. He oh, meets yeah, the, he Fockers. Meet the Fockers. The Fockers too is another comedy he did. And the uh, the intern. I you know he's like he's had this comedy career. So like why this? Why this movie? Why these people? And while I was watching it, it felt like somebody just letting go in a way and just like giving in to the moment of it. Yeah. Like why he did this is a huge mystery. Like I can understand doing analyze this. I can understand doing meet the Fockers. Cause it's cash grab. It's a cash grab. And also like Ben Stiller was like at the height of his powers at that time. Like that yeah. was like a prestige comedy. It wasn't like a reg. It was like a something about Mary kind of like this is going to be a huge blockbuster comedy. This movie is like way, a way bigger risk. 
Yeah, but it also, at the same time, it's like a studio movie. You have an Oscar-nominated person in, like, Bonkers at the helm. Too. I'm not saying I don't think it's a studio movie. I'm oh, just no, no. It's like yeah, one yeah, of yeah. The, like, it's more in the, like, Gary Marshall vein of yes, comedy. Yes, exactly. Than this, yeah. Than this. This felt feels like Freddy Got Fingered or something. The Which Tom Green movie. <laughs> I love that movie. <laughs> but you, I mean, you look at the cast, like it's so, like Zoe Deutsch is, I feel like she's going to be, a, she's like a big deal. Like. Is she? I think she is. I feel like she's so on her way. She's good in everything she does. She makes interesting choices. What was the she's last cute. She was in? Well, she was in The Politician. She was in Everybody Wants Some. Oh, yeah. God, I was fucking baked out of my mind watching that fucking movie dirty um, grandpa yeah you were I'm on the level it. of dirty grandpa i was i was meeting it at its level you definitely that was were that was supposed to be on when you're stoned and like just like don't give a shit and you're just like this is so dumb <laughs> and every couple of minutes you like check back in and something crazy's happening and you're like what the fuck and you kind of laugh and then you like zone out again like that is where you that is the way to watch this movie i feel very locked into this movie see i think if you watch it the way i watched it you probably did it right. I think that's like the way to like enjoy it. Because oh. we were also like, oh, Jason Manzukis, Wow. Funny cameo. And then it turns out he's, he's like, like star. <laughs> he's like got more scenes than he was in at least three scenes. Probably more. Oh, my God. At least he's he's just like keeps popping up throughout the whole thing. And I still don't know why he like worked in a store or something. I still don't understand. He was like doing. dealing drugs at like a surf store. And then he ended up like hosting. Yeah, it was like this like spring break thing where Robert De Niro was committing like feats of strength and it was and a body that double. Was the part that made me sick. That did make you sick. Yeah, it was kind of like basically the climax of the movie where Robert De Niro is um at spring break holding his spring break. Spring break. Spring break or dirty grandpa? Spring Breakers, the movie. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah, yeah. What's um, your what, choose your fighter? <laughs> spring Breakers. <laughs> yeah, <Okay>. obviously. <laughs> um, but I feel like it would be a fun double feature, and I feel like if you. Yeah, it would be. I think it would be fun to watch Spring Breakers and then watch Dirty Grandpa. Twenty twelve. I would I would reverse them. I would start with Dirty Grandpa. That's a more bummer night. Oh, I guess so. Like, I would watch that and be, like, drinking a little bit. And then, like, we get super high. And then, and then like, we're, like, welcome to the grandpa. Grandpa's town. Now we're in grandpa's zone. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> He's here to tuck you in. Ew. I know. It's gross. But there's so much of that, too, in the movie, especially with Aubrey Plaza. She goes so hard in this movie. I think Aubrey Plaza is I think so too. Fun choices too. I love Aubrey Plaza on Legion, on oh, FX. Have you seen that show? You know what? I heard that was really good, and I did watch the like pilot of it or something. I, I haven't watched anything past the first season, but I really liked the first season, and it gave me such an appreciation for Aubrey Plaza. She gives like a tour de force of a performance. She plays a character that exists inside somebody else's consciousness. She's like this. Oh, yeah force of like she's like a demon like a guide and it opens like 
the construct of her character opens up all these possibilities for all different types of performance. There's like music. She dances. She's not a great dancer. And it's, but it's like, it's really awesome. She goes for it. Like my impression of Aubrey Plaza is that even though she has that kind of deadpan delivery, she really goes super hard as a performer. And I, I have much respect for it. Yeah, she's great. She's great. And I thought that it was pretty admirable. I mean, could you imagine being an actor in a movie with Robert De Niro where you have to play like a slutty college girl who just wants to fuck him? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, she really goes for it. Um, my experience working on a like studio, like sex comedy, like gross out comedy is that the way that like, at least my experience and how they work and how, like, uh, how these movies work in general is that you have onset writers and they write a bunch of jokes and the director will like curate the, the jokes and then, uh, kind of shout them out to the actors. So they'll, They'll just like have a string of like one liners one after another because FYI writers out there, your jokes are disposable. It's all about your structure and your characters. Like don't fall in love with your jokes because they'll change in the minute. And I felt like this movie felt like the actors were being fed a string of jokes. Like there were times where De Niro's delivery was kind of absent. Like he was repeating back things that were being said to him right before the camera started rolling okay something i think that is interesting about this movie that is maybe worth talking about is to me this feels like one of the most sexually like robert de niro is exploring his sexuality on screen in a way that maybe we haven't seen so much before yeah i mean like because he's never really had a chance to be sexual like we were saying yeah i, I feel- mean he's not sexual in any of his I mean, in any of the movies that we've talked about before, his sexuality is like totally pathologized and it's just related to his like weird mental illness, but it doesn't have much to do with. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you see him, I feel like you see him in context of like romantic relationships or like, I like idealizing things like, uh, I, I like you don't see him like having sex in casino. You see him in the aftermath and heat. I feel like, Cape Fear is pretty sexual. Yeah. But he's asexual, I feel like, in The King of Comedy. And Taxi Driver, it feels like his attachment to Sybil Shepherd is more about, like, fulfilling steps of what he thinks he should be doing or, like, attaching to somebody who he idolizes. And, and in, in King of Comedy, too, it's like yeah. he needs a, a female partner. Yeah, but you don't think he wants to, like, fuck her. No, it's not super clear what he really wants from any of these women in either of those movies. No. You know, he's sort of, he's, but I think that. All, but I mean, he's also sexy in those, like, he in ta- he's, like, sexy in Taxi Driver. I mean, he's sexy. He's hot. He's yeah. Fucking he's fucking movie star. Yeah. Like, he's hot. He's, like, it's, like, the way women sometimes push against their sexuality and things. You don't often see men do it, but I feel like it is so present and so palpable with him. And I feel, in general, he pushes against it. And you don't really see it like super indulged he's not like playing a romantic hero often he's like exploring dark parts of 
the psyche he's not like well men can do that and men can play like men can do a character study where their sexuality isn't at the forefront i mean for a woman that's impossible it's like unheard of for to be like who is she and not to examine her first and foremost as a sexual object right but for a man you can think about why does he do this why does he have ptsd you can examine his his urges to violence or his political leanings yeah I mean, those like are, is he watching porn movies because he's so turned on or is it just like the only thing that's open at this time of night right it's like that would even be a question where if it was a woman you'd be like oh she's a nympho. oh she's a nymphomaniac that would be it so hot she's yeah like or what a flat or she's <laughs> she's gonna get murdered or something like that would be it i feel so i feel like this movie is I mean, I don't think this movie is good. I just want to say I I don't think that it's good. There were times that I enjoyed watching it. I feel like I'm glad that I watched it within the context of what we're doing. I feel like it takes the pressure off. Like I've got an excuse for why we watched it. I'm glad that I watched. I mean, I'm I'm always glad that I watched everything pretty much. Totally. And I'm glad I saw this. Yes. And I'm glad that I have. I know what it is knowledge is always good knowledge it's power. power i feel like this movie is a way for him to kind of assert himself in that way that maybe those other movies don't let him do it like it's big broad comedy he is just like people are just like falling over themselves to fuck him it's it and it's just absurd and it feels like he's reveling in it and i don't know i, I found i appreciated that some- when I was in high school, I made this movie called Mr. Cohen's Day Off. And it was Go like, on. I will. It was in my film class and we got to uh, whatever, make this movie. and uh, We could make whatever we wanted. And we made this stupid movie where our film teacher, who was like super beloved by all of the kids in school. And he was a theater teacher. Um, kind of had a bad grandpa moment. I mean, he wasn't masturbating or anything. It was a high school thing with our teacher, but he like went crazy. I don't remember what he was doing. He like murdered a student, like did all this crazy. He murdered a student. Yes. I went crazy. We went off in my movie. Okay. Great. In art. Great. Okay. Oh my God. Sometimes the separation between art and reality is very thin for me. Oh yeah. No, he didn't really do anything. He was like a nice old man, but he was very (laughs) um, indulgent and sweet about it and seemed to have a really good time doing all this silly stuff. And when we showed it to the class, everybody loved it because, you know, I got Mr. Cohen to do all this crazy stuff. And like, that was kind of the, that yes. was the draw of it. Yeah. And it kind of reminds me of this movie where it's like, he just thinks this is like a cute thing that young people want to do. And everybody likes it because Robert De Niro is doing crazy bullshit. And that's kind of the extent of it. I think that that is very, I I feel that's pretty spot on. It was called Mr. Cohen's. What the fuck? Mr. Cohen. It wasn't called his day off. It's called his bad day. Something about Mr. (laughs) Cohen. His name was in the title. Mr. Cohen. He had a bad day. Mr. Cohen's bad day. And he, maybe he wasn't working. Oh, no, he was working. Okay, great. So it wasn't a day off. It was like, it was all set in like during a school day. I want to watch this film. You can't. Okay. I don't know where it is. It's gone. It's in the Academy Archives. It's lost. Taloxa. Taloxa. Um, yeah, this definitely has that kind of 
vibe. And I just think about like if I were 75 years old or like 70. He looks great in this movie, by the way. Yeah. When he first. Well, first of all, I can't believe you know the name of my high school. First of all. Secondly. I do. It's amazing. Secondly. When he first walked on, I was like, oh, God, Robert De Niro's fucking hot. See, you're the Opry Plaza. You're going to freak dance him. I'm going to. And then also we both had the same moment where like Dermot Mulroney and Zac Efron shared a screen, shared the screen. And we both were like Dermot. <gasps> Dermot. Oh, my God. He's so attractive. But Zac I, Efron is attractive. I'm the yes. funniest person who's ever no, been no, on a podcast. Please, that is definitely not true. Thank I you. just I feel like the casting is pretty inspired from the line from. De Niro is the dirty grandpa. Dermot Mulrooney is the repressed son. And uh, Zach Efron is the um, babysitting grandson. Okay, He's the Alex P. Keaton of the family. He is. He is. He's trying to loosen up. Can we talk about Julianne Hough? Sure. I thought she was great in this movie. Yeah. I thought she was like a real bright spot. Yeah. She was like doing like she was super campy in this. She had a real handle on what was going on. I thought so, too. I felt like she was like, I felt like it was her Gina Gershon and Showgirls moment. She is a woman with a complicated past. Julianne Huff? Yeah. What's her complicated past? Dancing with the Stars? Blackface. <gasps> Accurate. Uh, crazy Eyes for Halloween. Oof. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Hor- horrific this is why you need a good assistant this is why you need <laughs> well, some why you need to like not be an idiot this is why you need asshole. to not be an idiot and like you know what people can be idiots and people can be assholes but you have to have staff who can like say no to you and have to say like i'm sorry this is a bad idea because these people just do you think who do you think went out and bought that orange shirt for her who went out who like hired somebody to come and do her hair like that do you know how many people had think about like the person who went and like bought the makeup and the sponges and applied it do you think she did that herself in a bathroom that's like such a failure on so i mean i am not just did it what did she do she did blackface on the show on bravo's no she did not yes she did who did she dress up as? as diana ross <gasps> and she was in blackface. <sighs> she went to a, a fucking it, this. I, well, maybe maybe this was actually in 2016. It may not have been that recent. I mean, it happens all the fucking time. People do blackface so much. I do not understand it, but like today, people are still doing blackface a I lot. Mean, look, who among us would not want to be Diana Ross? Like that's not the point. <laughs> that, I realize yeah. that that's not the point. I'm just saying, like we like. You you have you you have to like let your you you have to like silence your lizard brain. Like everybody wants to be Diana Ross. Like yes, of course she's fabulous. Everybody wants to be Beyonce. You cannot. You, you can't do that. You can't do that. It's insane. I mean, the world doesn't need us telling them to not do that. But it's but worth they repe- need. I mean, it's it bears worth repeating, especially now we're coming upon the ho- the the Halloween season. Yes, Keith, we just don't like be a implore you, dumb asshole please, on Halloween. Don't be a dick. stupid asshole. You have three hundred and sixty-five days a year to just not be an asshole, please. Yes, every single day, don't be an asshole. Just don't be an asshole. I w- okay. Uh, Julianne Huff. Um, her 
crazy eyes stint notwithstanding yes i did think that she had a really good handle on the material i thought so too i thought that she was funny i thought that she was bright she seemed very self-aware she looked great she it seemed like she had a really good sense of humor yeah, uh, i wanted all of her stuff i wanted her hair her lip gloss I wanted her lip gloss she felt that was the first and only time where i felt like oh she would fit into like a john waters world yeah it was a very yeah i thought the same thing it felt like a john waters something out of a john waters movie uh was she in hairspray he zach efron was what about her I don't know. I did not see uh, that hairspray. I guess I guess maybe she's more in like mom territory now for that, but um Yeah, she's just um a little a little campy. Okay. Yeah, I'm googling my I'm fact checking myself on the Zac Efron being in hairspray. He was. He was. And it was uh who's the girl Dove Cameron? You know, Irene, I do not know. I feel like if the if Hairspray had been made like 12 years earlier, Julianne Huff would have played the part that Dove Cameron played. Yeah, I've never been a huge fan of Hairspray. It's not my favorite, John Waters. And it's, I and always I didn't loved see the movie, one. but I never saw the musical. I never saw the musical either. I loved when they um, ironed their hair with like an actual Yeah, iron. I love that too. I did love that part. What's his name? Corky? I don't remember. I don't but know. I, remember, I do remember when they iron her hair with an iron. Everybody's so good in that movie. Ricky Lake is so good in that movie. Ricky Lake. I love Rick. Ricky Lake. I'm obsessed with her. Did you see The Business of Being Born? No. Her documentary about giving birth <gasps> to bring it back full circle to like having children. She films herself giving birth in a bathtub. That's like the like climax of the, the documentary. But it's about how it's about like the um, industrial like clinical uh hospital practice of childbirth she is insane i did read it's a book a great, about her great documentary earlier this year called talking trash hell yeah um it was about not about her it was like an academic study about like uh jenny jones uh, about like t- uh tv shows and the t- daytime talk shows in the 90s and i used to ditch school with my friend Teresa and watch them really yeah could have been in this book i could have been uh could've but written it she uh i mean she was amazing she was like 24 when she got her show she was a like a um she got a show in baltimore and she would just like have her friends be like on the panel because they were like crazy and then somehow ended up getting this like national show in new york she was so she was so good. I remember watching her and uh, really loving her. But I also watched like Jenny Jones and Connie Wilson. Carney Wilson. Yes. Carney. She was with Sunflowers twirling I, around at the beginning. Yeah, I never watched her. Um, any final thoughts on Dirty Grandpa? Look, Dirty Grandpa is rated R for a reason. And it's some in some cases it's not rated at all. And that's because it's fucking gross. Okay. There's a part where Zac Efron, it looks like he's getting a little child to blow him, blow him. And then he ends up in jail and he goes to jail. And then we didn't talk about any of the homoeroticism. I didn't catch that much homoeroticism. Well, there's this runner of him going to prison for like misdemeanor crimes. Although like having a child blow you is not a misdemeanor. And while he's Mm, in jail and ideally (laughs) in an ideal world, um, Mo Collins is one of the cops 
And when he gets released from jail, she's like, we only have clothes from like a 90s orgy gone yeah. like bloodbath. What do you choose? Like, do you want blood or cum on your clothes? Yes. And at first he picks cum and then like he gets arrested again later for like having marijuana on him. Bad example of heightening. They should have flip flopped that for sure. Wait, what was the first one? For the kid with the blowjob, I thought. He gets arrested for the blowjob kid. And First, then the- and then they bust him in the hotel because there's someone smoking pot. Yeah, that is bad. It's st- uh, yeah. And 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 then when De Niro bails him out that time, he's wearing a crop top that says, stop staring at my tits. Oh, more. So that's the level that uh, the film is at. I will say it's not as bad as some other movies that I've seen. And I'm not going to name those names tonight. Wow. Because I can't remember any of them. Okay. (laughs) I mean, look, it's fucking, I mean, I don't know. It's like, is it worth it to say that it's a bad movie? It's Dirty Grandpa. Like, come on. It's like about everybody's already jacking off. Like, it's a stupid movie. Like, when you mention it, I don't know about you, your experience this week, but when I mentioned to people that I'm watching this movie, they roll their eyes and they're like, why? That kind of makes me like it more. I feel like when people have a strong reaction against a movie, I'm like, I'm on the movie side now. That's how you felt about the Joker. That's how I feel about every movie. I feel about that way about everything that anybody doesn't like. I can't help it. I just, I'm always on the side of the thing that is getting shit on. That's beautiful. Thanks. Aggie. Yes. I have nothing else to say. Nor do I. Well, I think that we did this tonight. We lay the topic of bad grandpa to rest. If you want to see bad grandpa, knock yourself out. If it makes you laugh, that's fair. More power to you. Mom Frere. I, I LOL'd a few times. I certainly did as well. I was truly shocked. I was shocked. I laughed. I, w- I, I, I And it made me think. And I screamed. She did. And I did as well. There was a point you were on your phone and I was like, Aggie, Aggie, Aggie. I had to detach. <laughs> I mean, there are parts where you have to detach from this thing. It's a wild. I know. Ride. I was too locked in. That's I my problem. I can't imagine seeing it in the theater. Oh my God. Just like fo- fully focused. I mean, this is like definitely like a movie to watch at home i would like to make a prediction tonight please i think that this is gonna i think this is gonna reach cult classic status in the next several years and i think that people are gonna go see this as a midnight movie and i think that uh i think that there's gonna be some kind of dirty grandpa resurgence at some point in the future i i think it's gonna have to at least be after like donald trump leaves office because i think people are just i don't think people can handle oh no no i agree i think people are exhausted but i i at some point in the future i do think there are going to be cool people going to a midnight screening of dirty grandpa at like the new beverly i hope the future is healthy enough to allow for that well that's the that's the only optimism i can muster at the moment yeah that's a very optimistic prediction i would say (laughs) (laughs) well this has been the experts thank you so much for listening and hey why don't you rate us yes please give us a rating five stars only Only. if you like this podcast please or whatever somebody rated us one star and we want your name and your social security number bitch you know, somebody one time rated my other podcast five stars and then went back and changed it and was like, I got over this. <laughs> That's fine. This isn't that podcast. This is a different podcast. And we want you to give us five stars. We want you to rate us. Please we want you to review it. Review we want you to us. follow us on social media. We're at the Expert 69 on Instagram. We're the Expert 69 on Twitter. We are... We're obsessed with 69ing. We are perverted. That much is clear. And if you want more perverted content, please follow along. Join us on in this journey. Okay, All thank right. you so much for listening. Bye! Bye.
Just the experts on this one.